You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to the Mission Matters Podcast Network. This is Jonathan Schroyer, Chief CX Innovation Officer at Arise Gaming. And as everybody knows, I, I am the host for the future of service, and we're pleased today to, to have Emmanuel Daniel with us. He has written a fantastic book about financial services that he's going to introduce in a, in a second, and he is the CEO and founder of the Asian Banker. Emmanuel, welcome to the podcast, and tell our listeners a little bit more about you. Hey, Jonathan, really happy to you know catch up with you. I've been following what you do. The service is in your soul. And when I look at everything that you do and you say, I sort of reflect that back on the financial services industry. And that's my core area. I founded something called the Asian Banker about 28 years ago. And today it's a banking intelligence platform that covers most of the developing world, uh, all of Asia, big in China, and then now growing into Africa and so on. I've seen how finance has evolved in a lot of the world and then start reflecting it back on the developed world like the US and Europe and so on. And what's nice is that people in the US and, and some of the leading bankers, the chairman of banks and stuff, people like that, like to know what's happening in this part of the world. I've been meeting with them too. So banking has been my core area. I started another program called Wealth and Society with philanthropy because I started getting bored with bankers. You know, they make their job look a lot more important than it is. It's being disintermediated. I think that people who apply their wealth to philanthropy, to impact investment. Yeah. Uh, so that's sort of a broad base of you know uh, what I've been doing. But of course, right now, what I'd like to be able to share with you is some of the ideas that I've seen transforming the financial services industry. Now, I think that's great. I mean, I'd love to tell us about the future financial service. Maybe tell us a little bit of that about your book as well. I'm uh, super excited for the listeners to hear about it and hear about what you think the future of service is for financial. So, Jonathan, you know, you talk a lot about product, right? The interesting thing about product in financial services is that nobody actually ever wants a financial services product. Nobody actually ever wants a mortgage. They want a yeah. house. Nobody actually ever wants an auto loan, you know, a car loan. They want a <laughs> You know, so, so the thing about finance is that if you're a banker and you think about product in the same way that someone who's selling, you know, a sports car or even a restaurant selling a meal, you're not on the same level anymore. You know, you're selling a service that helps people get to what they eventually want. Right. So that's one thing about the first precondition of the financial services industry product or the idea of a product finance industry. The second pre cursor is that that all products in the finance industry are digitized, digitizable. And the moment they're digitized, they start to look and behave very different. You know, if you think that you need to go into a bank to get a mortgage done, if you digitize all of that information, you get a mortgage when you want it, how you want it, you know, mm -hmm. all sorts of other information around it and become experienced. So when you digitize financial services, it starts to look very different. And the role of the institutions that provide these products start to change. They don't just sell products, they validate the buyer, they 
facilitate the process and they have to figure out a way in which to, to become embedded in the everyday life of and the expectations of, of ordinary people. So th- these are the challenges that the financial services industry is going through as the products in the industry gets digitized more and more and more increasingly. You know, now what's been happening in the background, and I think that this is, you know, nothing to do with finance, it's got everything to do with technology. Technology has been slowly morphing from its platform dimensions, its platform phase to personalization. So today, when you think about Web 2.0, you're thinking about Facebook and, and all that, which aggregates user information. In other words, the user of the product, you are yourself the product and you provide data that goes on the platform. But as the technology takes us to greater personalization, the owner of the product, the owner of the service required starts to have greater control about how he wants its service and so on. And let me tell you this, that this transition is taking place in finance more than any other industry. And that's actually the essence of the, the book that I've written, you know, and actually I want to make it as accessible to anyone as possible. Now, when we think about things like the tokenization of money, cryptocurrencies and so on, whatever you think in terms of where that's heading or whatever you think about the value of a Bitcoin, what you cannot argue against is that a lot more data is being put on tokens and to the end user. So it's empowering the end user. And this transition and this evolution is going to continue, you know, unabated, you know, on and on and on until you see that institutions will have to start to reorganize themselves and their role in a networked world. So so that's the, the transition that I think a lot about and I've written about in, in this book, you know, and the, the thing is that I have several, several phrases like the personalization of finance. If you Google the phrase, the personalization of finance, you will see lots of literature written by people from traditional banks, you know, the boring old institutions writing about how by providing greater service that they will be able to capture customers, keep customers, profit from the, you know, from the lack of attrition if they're able to keep the relationship and all that. That's, that's supply side economics. That's supplies, you know, relationships. So personalization actually means that it becomes user driven, demand driven, you know. So, when you look at some of the innovations that have been taking place or so-called innovations being taking place, something very curious has been happening. Okay, so for example, in peer-to-peer lending, today there are platforms in the US, you have Prosper, you know, you have Peer Forum, Street Share, in the, in the UK, you have Zopa. These are peer-to-peer platforms that match borrower and lender to each other without having to get that on the books of the bank. Yeah. The lending is, is a person to, to the person. And you know what's curious? That eventually many of these peer-to-peer lending platforms, which were meant to be technology-driven and, you know, very futuristic, eventually go back and actually apply for a banking license. In other words, a bank that they thought they were replacing. And then you sit back and you say, why did that happen? And the reason that happened is because they were thinking of products in exactly the same way as banks were thinking. They thought that customers wanted a mortgage, a loan, you know, customers didn't want a loan, they wanted a house, you know, and the value of a peer-to-peer platform is not in the product, but in the conversations that take place between, you know, the communities of lenders and borrowers, where the needs, what the utilization should be, and so on. So there are tons of data and that creates a different profile from which you should be thinking about a totally different product. You know, as we move into the internet, into the network world, you see that there's less and less 
of a need to actually be an owner of an asset, right? So when you think about Airbnb and you know WeWork and so on, there's a lot of opportunities for shared utilization. And you know, and, and as we have as we move towards autonomous vehicles, the desire to own a vehicle rather than to use a vehicle reduces. And when you create communities, you're no longer thinking about an automobile loan. You're thinking about how do people in different communities, you know, what are their transport needs and so on. So, so the data utilization, the information that is processed and the outcomes start to look different, you know. But when the peer-to-peer lenders think about their products in the same way as a bank loan, then they end up against the wall of exactly the same problems that banks deal with when they're thinking about mortgages. They're thinking about capital adequacy. They're talking about, they're thinking about risk. They're thinking about liquidity, all the banking stuff. When technology is meant to take it to a whole new level where it's user-driven product, you know, and, and so, yeah. so finally move to the products that it's capable of. Yeah. I think it's super interesting. You dropped an enormous amount of nuggets for the listeners there. I love how you talked about kind of the future financial services digitization. And then you then you talked about the force multipliers, personalization, right? And then as you were going through it, you kind of added a second force multiplier, which I love, which is this community kind of engagement. How do we work together, kind of P2P and so forth? And and I'm a big believer, like that everything that you're saying is kind of the future of where finance is going and, and where we're thinking about it. I remember reading a, a story three or four years ago, you'll know this, of course, where you in the future, you'll be able to sell and buy a house just by moving a digital asset, not not the 75 pages of paper that, you know, that everybody has to stamp and, and so forth. So it's super interesting how you're thinking about the future of financial service, personalization. Give us a few more keen insights on what you think that the listeners should know. And, and don't hesitate to share a little bit more about your book if you're comfortable, too. Oh, you know, the interesting thing about my book is the cover, right? And I have yeah. a, a picture of a block of ice there. So I've, I've tried making this as simple as possible to the lay person who knows nothing about finance. If you want to know what personalization of finance is, just think about what the ice trade used to be. In the old days, ice was something that you actually saw out of the lakes, you know, in Michigan and so on. And, and you take it by horse carriage to the cities. The fact that we even used to do that. And, and the biggest institution in the ice trade were the ice warehouses. And you, you still see them, in, in, you know, in the rural parts of the U.S. and so on. And, and what do we do now? We get ice out of a refrigerator, right? And what is, uh, it's actually the personalization of ice, which is you get ice when you want it and where you want it. And yeah. what's the secret of refrigeration is it started with this synthetic chemical called CFC, chlorofluorocarbon. And, you know, and what is chlorofluorocarbon? It absorbs heat from water and enables that to freeze. So then what is the chlorofluorocarbon of finance? You know, what are the elements that enables mm. you be able to generate finance cells when you want it, where you want it, right? And and when you think about it, just think about it, sir, that the magic of Bitcoin going up to 69,000 and you know, wherever it is nine, right now, 19,000, it's not the price of Bitcoin, but the magic is that every one of us, you, me, mm. all of us are capable of generating our own cryptocurrency, right? Yep. It's all a matter of, you know, whether cryptos that we generate are accepted by the next person. And, and there's an element of, it's a process by which you go through where your friend might want to accept your cryptocurrency and so on. Now, the thing about a lot of this technology that I, that I cover in this book is that 
there's an underlining social dimension that actually enables it to be carried. You know, so when I when I talk about every one of us able to you know create our own cryptocurrency right during the pandemic in the US, there were five that I detected five community currencies, and there were community currencies in Africa, in in Asia, you know, and these are currencies that operated in close communities that enabled that community to be able to recognize value for work done within mm-hmm. that community. Mm-hmm. And in Africa, in, in Kenya, I came across something called Safaru Credit, where they're now putting blockchain technology on the back of it so that, you know, they don't carry it on a piece of paper. They actually are able to validate the transaction, carry the information on it and so on. So, so everything that I talk about in technology terms are actually supported by some underlining quality of local communities that have always existed in all of our societies, you know, and that's the exciting thing about the personalization of finance. So uh, the personalization that works will always be one that that is in harmony with the local community you know so yeah you know so so when you lend money to somebody like you know in the old days you got a store where they keep a account of the little you know the families that live next to the store and 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 why was he able to keep that account because he knew everyone in that community and everyone you know respected the rules of engagement with, with the store and that community level you know community level support hasn't left us when you put technology to it it brings back brings it back to life i just love this great transition that you're talking about unfortunately we we're running at the end of the podcast as is the case when you get a passionate Amazing topic. Emmanuel, if folks want to reach out to you, learn more about the great transition, the personalization of finance, where's the best place for them to kind of reach out to you at? Well, just visit my blog, which is my name, EmmanuelDaniel.com. And then it'll take you right to where the book is. It tells you everything, you know, the table of contents and how to get that. I would love to hear from, and I also am putting up a PowerPoint slide deck up there. So, you know, if you if you need to get a quick overview, you, you can have a look at that. I'm excited to hear from people as well, because I want to know what you think, what people out there think about where finance is going. Yeah, I think the topic that you're, you're talking about, you're sharing and you're projecting is quite visionary. So it's super exciting. I know that folks are going to reach out to the blog and so forth. So folks, this is Emmanuel Daniel. He's the founder of the Asian Banker Wealth and Society. He has his own book, The Great Transition. You've seen or heard some great nuggets today. As a reminder, I'm Jonathan Schroyer, the Chief CX Innovation Officer at Arise Gaming. This is the Mission Matters Podcast Network. And this is the end of our wonderful podcast, The Future of Service, that I host. Until next time, serve well. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.